welcome to the Travel Coach Network podcast, your weekly dose of travel coach info, inspo, and news from around the globe. Tune in to each episode to hear inspiring stories of successful travel coaches who are building their lives and business around travel, all while exploring around the world. You'll also learn all about travel coaching, setting intentions for a trip, adding meaning to travel, and how you can grow your own travel coaching business. Because remember, there is more to a travel career than just blogging and bookings. Now, join me as we reshape how and why people travel. Before we get to today's episode, we have a quick, small ask for you. In a moment, could you pause this episode, go to your favorite podcast player, and leave a review for this podcast? Even if you leave five stars and no words, we so appreciate that effort. When you leave reviews for podcasts, that helps them get discovered by the right people. So that means a future aspiring travel coach could discover this podcast because of your review. We so, so appreciate you taking the time to do that. We'll give you a second to pause this episode and do that now if you can. You back? Okay, great. Let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel Coach Network podcast. It is I, Sahara Rose DeVore, the founder of the Travel Coach Network and the creator and instructor of the Travel Coach Certification Program. Today, we have Amy Flores Young, also known as Floyo. She is a sought-after retreat concierge and travel specialist specializing in supporting coaches and leaders in hosting transformational experiences for their clients so that they can profit more, stress less, and deepen their client relationships. She merges her 25 years expertise and her passion for travel planning with powerful retreat business strategies. She is also versed in planning travel for those with chronic health needs and disability. Amy is a parent of a medically complex child, now adult, and has been a disability advocate for over 20 years on mission to ensure everyone builds magical travel memories. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me too. This is lovely. It's so great to be here. Absolutely. Tell us, where did your love of travel stem from in the first place? I was not an avid traveler as a young person. It really came on more into adulthood really the true understanding of how transformational travel really is, and especially in building relationships through those shared experiences, came once my children were born, and they both have medical needs. Living in a medical home, for lack of a better way to say it, does not build a typical parent-child, sibling-to-sibling type relationship regardless of what that looks like to to you, but there's obviously lots going on, lots of people in and out, lots of equipment in and out, all of those things. So our family in a lot of ways kind of got split with me handling most of the medical equipment care needs. And then my husband doing more of the social sports school things with my son. So it was almost like two halves creating a whole when we would travel that's when like, as a whole, we were all together, all of the routines and not that the disability goes away, but all of the pressure of that goes away. And it truly is in those experiences that we shared that built our family relationship and our family dynamic. And I feel that that's what has kept us together and as strong and dynamic as a family as we are. It was through those travel experiences. My children are now adults. And when they meet somebody new or we bring somebody kind of new into the fold, the first thing that happens is they get out the scrapbooks and we talk about the trips. And it's like, I kind of have that 
qualitative data that that's important to them as well. And that's really what, like I said, is built our, built our family. And I wanted to share all of that with other families who don't get that experience. Yeah, that's really powerful. That shows just how impactful travel can be. And I think it's really inspiring. And that's why I really wanted to have you as a guest on this podcast, because I know that there's a whole world of parents out there or caretakers out there of whether it's a family member or, you know, even someone with a chronic illness or disability themselves feel like travel is something that's so far out of reach for them. It's not attainable. It's not possible, you know, not only because maybe financially travel has a misconception of being far too expensive. Also just the physicality of traveling, planning phase of traveling, everything is like that too. But I think it's so important for those people, those families, those parents to hear what you're talking about, because it gives that light of inspiration and hope that they may not have heard elsewhere or seen has been possible for them too. So your family is such a inspiration out there. And I love being able to help you spread the word about that because it's travel is such a powerful tool. Yeah. I once heard at one of the many parent and provider conferences that I was at, uh, one of the speakers said, and it's resonated with me for 20 years, it takes an extraordinary effort to have an ordinary day when you have someone with chronic needs in your family or, you know, that you're caregiving for. In that thought is, yes, again, I understand the day-to-day juggling and balance. So I understand that it's hard for people to think beyond that kind of survival of man- managing day-to-day. So they don't think about travel. They don't think, never mind wishing and hoping, like it doesn't even come into the sphere. And as you were talking about financially, I always worked nonprofit prior to starting travel. My husband currently still works nonprofit. We both, so we joke that like, well, we don't know what real money is because we both have had full nonprofit careers. So it's not that we came from, like you were saying, financially, it's not that we came from this high socioeconomic place where travel was just a given. We prioritized it and planned for it because it was that important to us. Yeah, absolutely. What is it, do you think, about travel that holds the value for your family? Anything Mm. in particular comes to mind? With my family especially, my daughter's disability is very severe, so very physically disabled. Honestly, material goods are a challenge. So we always utilize travel as a gift and approached it in that way, like travel is a gift, metaphorically. And travel, it was a gift, literally. So we spent our holidays and our time, like I said, very intentionally out of our everyday realm. Again, to show, to not only, like I said, I think it was so important to show, like it resonated with them to see that there's more out there and that they truly are a smaller piece, right? The smaller fish in the bigger pond. But I think being in a medically complex home there was already that understanding of really understanding the difference between the big things and the little things on that philosophical level. And because we started traveling and doing all of that when they were so young, it really just has become such a part of of who they are. Are there any particular 
types of experiences or places your children really love? Is there something in particular they are gravitated towards? Like I know for me, I'm, I gravitate towards bodies of water, beautiful scenery, being in nature. Yeah. I love animals, cultural, the colors of like um, the artifacts when you go to certain countries, all the colorful clothing that draws me. Anything yeah. in particular for your kids? The biggest thing that even though we're all adults now, we still are big Disney nerds. We go, we still go to like, that's the, that was, that was obviously our, like one of our first trips. I know some people are Disney and some people will never go to Disney. And I totally get that. And I think that's, it's understanding what you're looking for from those experiences. For my family and my children, obviously the international trips have been, I don't want to say like the most enlightening in a way, obviously, because they understand bigger like I said, that bigger picture, but for them, it really isn't anything in particular. Like you said, every, every experience has really had its own special place and whether it's been an all-inclusive resort, which is obviously very different than travel through Northern, more rural Italy, like say, or going to Disney, like they're all, they all have a very different vibe <laughs> to them. Um, and we talk about that and what's next and what are you guys interested in? And that's part of it too, is it became that common thread in that common conversation that we could, you know, it was a way to connect to each other to start. And that led to obviously bigger and better conversations. Yeah, no, I love that. But yeah, you're so right. Everywhere is just so different. I know when people ask me, what's your favorite country you've been to? And I've been to so many, I'm like, that's a hard because yeah. um, they all are so different and so good and so many di for different reasons. Right. Do you have a couple tips, like maybe three tips, two tips that you would recommend to parents to think about if children with disabilities or meant chronic health issues? Mm -hmm. I work with obviously families with children, but it's also interesting that when you think of, you know, travel with health needs, it's not the quote unquote, you know, make a wish kid in a wheelchair type of a thing. Or I work with a lot of stroke recovery, multi-generational that, you know, the grandparents, the adults and the children Obviously, they don't have the same mobility and stamina. You know, they might not have necessarily a chronic need, but understanding that yeah, they don't use a walker day to day. But if we're going on a river cruise and we're going to be walking and get like, maybe we do need some ambulatory support. So I do a lot of the itinerary of how do we make sure everybody gets to be included in part of the itinerary without necessarily having to all do the same thing all the time because everybody's needs are different. So that's really what it is, is I would say the tip is just because somebody else loved it doesn't mean you're going to love it. And we have to make sure it's a fit for your expectations and your family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of it too, is when I work with clients, it's setting the expectation. Why I really got into the travel niche of it of just, I mean, there's a lot of things we could have done in disability, but the travel pieces, I would hear all of these, oh my God, it was horrible. Oh my, and travel's an investment. Like you said, and I get it. And I was like, oh, it didn't need to be that difficult. They didn't know what to ask for. They didn't know what was available. They didn't know that they could have stayed here instead of here. And it would have changed the whole dynamic and walking distance of their trip or, you know, those types of little things. So I think the tip is, <laughs> the tip is use a planner <laughs> who can just make sure you're clear on what it's going to look like and how that's going to be set up for you, whether it's physical needs, dietary needs, sensory, behavioral triggers. Um, I work with a lot of veterans with PTSD and obviously children and adults with autism. Like I said, everyone has a different need. And that's why I say, so it's not, everybody says, well, what's the best place to go with a disability? 
kind of like to say, what's the best country you've ever been to? Yeah. That truly depends on what you want and what their needs are because disability is everything. It's hard to, you can really go to a wide range of places with a disability, but it depends on your needs. Like you said, do you work on any mindset work or coaching aspect when it comes to the families with children with chronic health or disabilities too, uh, to help them break down those limiting beliefs? I think it's indirect. And that comes from my social work caseworker days of kind of knowing the questions to ask, to look at something that maybe they haven't seen right? Without saying, well, why didn't you think about this? Or have you, you know, I kind of say, well, what's, take me through your regular day. What does that look like? Where do you, you know, instead of thinking of like, where are the roadblocks? You kind of do it from like a strength-based conversation. Like I said, that comes from my case manager days. But yeah, that strength-based conversation of when is the family happiest? Or, you know, what is the individual, you know, are they better in the morning? Are they better in the afternoon? And looking at what that day will look like. So in conversation, give them a vision of what it would look like. And then they can get excited about it, see that it will work. So they, they start going into it with like that open and excited mind versus that nervous and anxious mind. Yeah. I can only imagine what goes through their head, especially if they don't haven't traveled often. Right. But then just knowing on the flip side of it, just how meaningful this experience could be, just like how it's what it's done, travel has done for you and your family as well. Right. But I love that you want to, you know, help other families have something similar and experience that similar feeling and stuff, because you know, the hardships of, you know, having a family and lifestyle like that too. So let's talk more about retreats. Now you are a retreat concierge. How did you get started in that? That's where all the mindset work comes in, honestly, is with my retreat clients. Again, similar of as the networks grew and as I, you know, as a small business owner myself, I was meeting more small business owners, coaches, speakers, consultants, service-based professional in the same thing, seeing events that weren't great, <laughs> that were very cookie cutter, people running retreat, again, retreat business is a multi-billion dollar business, seeing people offer retreats and programs, but then we would have a conversation and they're not making revenue. Because most people in a service-based business are givers, educators, servers, right? So they don't value, not that they don't, but it can be, again, a mindset piece of valuing what you're bringing to the table. So I kind of, again, take that business strategy from all of my executive time and blend it with travel to see how you can really incorporate, whatever you call it, retreat, summits, masterminds, um, travel as a revenue stream into your business, not just a one and done, not just a once a year, but how to strategically make it work with your offering, your content and everything else you already do. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really important. And I like that you went into this route because common problems you saw. And that's something that I, that's how I got started as a travel coach. And then that's also why I started the Travel Coach Network because I found a void in the industry and I saw common problems in the industry. And I always trying to inspire those in my travel coach network to think outside the box and, you know, take a a grander look at everything in the industry that you're interested in, whether it's wellness, sustainability, whatever it might be, and find those voids and shortages, those problems that exist and create a solution for it or create something better for it. Too many times people want something already done and proven before, but I'm like, 
create it yourself. You be the leader in that. So I love that you are doing that because there's such a need for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Running the network. I not only work with different types of travel coaches and travel professionals and people who run summits and masterminds and conferences. And I've been speakers, a speaker at many of them. It is a huge industry and it is such a disservice if you're going to put your time and energy into something and not make a return on investment for that. Yeah. And it's also the the joy and, and alignment and intentionality of your business. So as much as you can, like, you know, like call the venues, review the contracts, negotiate the, all the bits and pieces of that. When I come on and start to partner with a, a client, it's usually like, great, I do all that. And now it, it's getting them to realize like, oh, so now I can truly focus on kind of the message to the community and get it sold. Like, you know what I mean? Like so many, that's what I would see too, is even those large conference type events, right? It was always the, I don't say a struggle to sell the tickets, but that's always right. You can build the best event, but if you don't message it right, nobody's going to know about it. So I kind of come in and say, imagine we handle everything, not just the event, not just the travel, not just the budget and strategy. Like we really come in with all pieces of that. All you have to do is connect to your people and share your message. Yeah. And, it's, and it saves you whatever those hundreds of hundreds of hours on the, on the planning end. So it's get like, that's like I said, that's a lot where we do the kind of mind shift or people yeah. say, I, I, yes, like, you know, I've outgrown this. I can't manage all this by myself and the registrations and the, <laughs> and my biggest one, it really started. One of my biggest pet peeves is great. We start Thursday at four, see you there, which is very common, right? Mm-hmm. In the retreat conference space, which I get it. We're all adults. We can figure it out. But most of the people I work with are going for that transformational container type experience. So why aren't we taking care of our clients door to door? And it doesn't mean they're not grown ups booking their own stuff, but just say, you know, that's what they say. As a participant, feel free to contact our travel concierge, Amy, for any question. You know, so they just feel supported and valued as a client that creates such a difference in the experience. So we really work to make it an experience and not. You mentioned having the right message to connect with the right audience. How important is that? And why do you believe so deeply in that? Obviously I'm saying this because I tell those in my network all the time, you have to know exactly who you're speaking to. And you have to, what I say is speak their language Mm -hmm. so that you're not always chasing clients and then they come to you instead. Can you speak on that a little? Yeah. So a few of my favorite taglines and mantras that I share in the travel world in general, and then I'll talk about the retreat piece specifically, but is you don't need me to book your crappy vacation. You don't honestly, like, right. We all know there's a lot of resources out there and are we all thrilled to help you with that and make a commission or whatever? Great. Those aren't the people I typically serve, right? Like if you know what you want you can find, great, go do it. You don't need a plan. Travel professionals to say, we don't sell travel right? We sell our service. It's a service and it's a knowledge. We don't sell travel. Like books. I love that. I say that all the time. I work at like, that's how I think is like I said, I'm not booking your Expedia package or whatever you think you found. That was a deal. Like that's not what we do. (laughs) A big thing is with the messaging piece is everybody says, well, do you do the marketing? Do you do our marketing? And I can't do your marketing because then they're coming from me, right? And that's what I say. And people who want to do 
I get a lot of people who think they're going to be able to cold sell a retreat because they've seen it out there. And I say, honestly, those aren't the people I work with either. Um, you need to have a clear vision, a clear intention, a clear client community, because if you think I'm going to build this and people are just going to come in droves to it, people are not going to, not that they won't, that's a generalization, but very few people will cold book. Oh, I saw it online and I'm booking it with right. no relation to you to go overnight with and travel with you somewhere. That's the difference between a retreat and a group tour. And so what are you offering? So that's, so we talk, that's what we talk a lot about the messaging and marketing is, and I have partners and collaborators that I refer to when someone comes and they're like, well, the first conversation we have isn't where do you want it? How many people like, yes, but it's, what are the outcomes you're looking to bring? Is this, is this a lead gen? Is it for already existing clients? Is it a blend? Because that changes how you deliver your content. That's so we work through that's what I'm saying, like all of the back end, not just the location and the travel piece. Yeah. Yeah. If they can't answer those questions, then I was like, why don't you talk to my friend who's a coach over here? Cause I don't think you're ready to invest yeah. in this level of event yet. Absolutely. I those I work with in my certification program too, I always say people want to do the pretty things in their business first. They it's so fun. Let's plan the date, the destination what we're going to do, what we're going to eat, you know, when it comes to a retreat or in-person experience, but in business, people want to create their website. They want to create PDFs that they're going to one day give their coaching clients. I'm like, but have you done, created this solid foundation for your business? Do you know your core messages? Do you know who your ideal audience are? Do you know their pain points? And like you said, we don't sell experiences. We're selling a transformation, an outcome, a solution, a feeling. That's what people buy. They want to feel something different and that's why they're investing their, their time and money into you. And that's why people buy products, you know, hire, you know, take, get diet pills. Like they're not oh, buying the actual emotional product. connection. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's based on emotion. It blows my mind how many business owners, especially in the world of travel, which is so personal, completely missed the mark on all of that. And so I, I love that you, you help your clients with that and you recognize that too in, in your businesses. As we wrap up here, do you have a fun fact about yourself you like to share? Does it have to be business or travel related? Besides being a big, obviously Disney fan, I'm also, no shock here, I'm basically like a 13 year old. Um, I'm a huge Doctor Who we call ourselves Whovians for those who know, know, those who don't, don't, right? <laughs> but big Doctor Who, um, Harry Potter sci-fi fan. So that's, um, we do have a few like nerd trips that we plan and go out together on. That's fun. Yeah. Have you, have you done like a Harry Potter themed trip at all? Yeah, we're booking our next one for probably early February. It's adults only to you. We're going to do Universal, do the whole VIP Wizarding World thing. And then we have another one coming up in the end of summer out to the UK to do the Warner Brothers tour and the train into Scotland, the Express, Hogwarts Express. Oh, how fun. And the whole thing. So yeah. So again, it's a way to, again, bring my fun, quirky things that we like to hang out in and, and bring the travel piece to it as well. But yeah, we do. We're doing a huge Outlander Scotland trip for Outlander fans. So it's, it is, it's, I kind of, it's my nerd travel. That's like a whole other thing is we build trips around hobbies, yeah. hobbies and interests. Yeah. I love that. I never heard that term before, nerd travel. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'd have, I have to tell my best friend about it. She is a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm -hmm. So she'll definitely uh, be 
interested in something like that. Um, and where can our listeners learn more about what you do, follow you, find you online? The email is amy at ttravs.com, but the website is floyotravel.com. So yeah. floyotravel.com and on Floyo Travel, there are some retreat samples, agendas. They're in the biggest thing, the biggest tool I tell people to start with on floyotravel.com is the retreat profit calculator. So it's a already formulated calculation tool that you can go in to see where your profit profitability will fall. And that's awesome. really important. Nice. Yes. I will put that link in your website link into the show notes for everyone to be able to follow you, find you and download that that calculator. Amy, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You're really, truly inspirational. I really admire everything that you're doing. For those who are interested in following the Travel Coach Network, you can find us on the, on the Instagram at the Travel Coach Network and at thetravelcoachnetwork.com. We look forward to having you also in our free open TCN community on Facebook. You can find the links to that and the beginner's guide to travel coaching in the show notes also. And if you know anyone who might be interested in travel coaching, be sure to send them our way to our podcast. We truly appreciate it. And until next time, my fellow wanderers, bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Travel Coach Network podcast. If you're brand new to the world of travel coaching, you must grab our free beginner's guide to travel coaching in the show notes. Then come share your takeaway from this episode in the Travel Coach Network global community. It's our free Facebook group for aspiring and thriving travel coaches. See you there. Thank you.